Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's podcast about things undead. I am H.A. Conrad, coming to you from Brooklyn, and on the very soggy West Coast, getting increasingly soggier, is my intrepid co-host, Stuart Tiffin, hopefully bone dry. Ah, the sunshine state, right? No, wait, that's Florida. Yeah. Uh, yes, hello. Welcome, fans. Welcome, listeners. Uh, it is actually not raining right now for the first time in probably 72 hours, which is a nice treat. And, you know, I know we get teased about talking about weather, but I do have to say it is kind of crazy how insane it has been given the dearth of rain the past couple of years, right? Like this is unheard of, unprecedented. It's been great. And you know what? People from places where it rains normally, this is, I would say, an abnormal, well, for me, this is normal for California, um, the amount of rain that they usually get. It doesn't rain here that much usually. It rains for like four months out of the year. Uh, and this is a month when it should be raining. And this is good because we're in a drought. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the amount of rain actually isn't like mind blowing. I don't know. It's been like 12 inches since Christmas. That's not an insane no. amount of rain. And but, I feel like they were trying to get people prepped and all this other yeah. stuff. But now it's, it's also like- because of four years of drought. The the ground is, is yeah. you know, I lost a tree on Thursday. Like my biggest tree in my backyard was like, you know what? I, I've had it. it I'm like, out of here. Uh, so I had to get it cut down before it totally fell, but it was like 25 degrees leaning over mm. um, and it was going to fall on a couple of fences. So that was my shade tree, man. Uh, this summer I am boned. I got to I got to come up with a solution. Oh, man. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, yeah, like it's you'll, you'll look at the rainfall totals, the precip totals and be like, that's that's the rain everybody's freaking out about but it's because we're having like landslides and yeah. and the rivers are getting oversaturated but we need this water so badly so the lakes are filling up yeah. and that's what's important and it's also like when it happens in sort of like a flash like that the roads like if you're on the roads it, it can cause a lot of issues because it causes these little like rivers in the middle of the in the middle of places where they shouldn't be right so yeah, yeah. for a short time so anyway um, but in any case, I'm glad that you are getting rained, uh, rained upon and that the reservoirs are hopefully filling up in a good way. I mean, I think we, we've seen what's been happening there. and Maybe that will help wildfire season be a little less horrible, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but uh, today, uh, aside from all the weather we are talking about, um, we have a ton of news items when it when it rains, it pours. Ha ha ha. Well, you uh, called it, man. Like you were like, you know what? Last week and the week before, there hadn't been very much. And you're like, I bet in the new year, there's going to be a lot of new projects and stuff getting announced. And that's absolutely. Indeed, I feel like there are. Yeah. I think they were just holding off because they didn't want to get lost in the, you know, in the sort of Christmas doldrums. Yeah. Um, but in any case, so, yeah, we have a lot of things to talk about on that front. But uh, we're also going to be talking about Juan of the Dead, which um I think it was made in 2010, but came out in 2011. Uh, and so we'll be talking about that film. But first, let's get into our exciting list of news items. And there's some really good things in here, um, though, uh, to, to sort of kick off the <laughs> to kick off the thing. I don't know. There There is a movie trailer for a movie called Blood um, starring uh, Michelle Monaghan. Um, yeah, and, and who was? Oh, and Skeet Ulrich. I was like, yes, th- these Skeet two. Ulrich, where where has he been? I don't know. I don't um, know. Yeah, he kind of he kind of was big for a hot second in like like the nineties, early two thousands. He did that well, show Jericho, I, he, where he, he was, he was the lead. On the, he was trained on the fact he looked so much like Johnny Depp at that point, or stole yeah. his DNA. Well, or something, now he's but... playing a dad. I feel like right. So, and mm-hmm. and what's the, Michelle Monahan? Was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She also has not i've have not seen her in a whole bunch of stuff lately so it's kind of fun to see them uh showing up and then there's a probably a new kid actor yeah based on the age of this this uh main the the main subject of this film it's a disturbing trailer uh it I is think but okay a, to a, to a I, huge degree because of the way that they're doing the sound in it right. and i want more mommy uh it is really disturbing <laughs> Yeah, so as you you may have surmised, the movie is about a kid who wants blood, um, and it's about but, a vampire kid, kind of. But like the whole premise is that, and I know this from the trailer, is that an evil tree somehow cut into the kid, or he was attacked by a dog that had it been. It was a dog too. I don't know. Is it the dog? Is it the tree? tree? Yeah, but the tree I has mean, definitely something this, to do with it. 
are trees really this evil? I don't know. This, this seems tree like, is. But it seems kind of crazy to reveal this much in a trailer because at this point, I don't need to see this film. Oh, um, but what about the blood that he wants? Will he get it? I don't know. It seems like she's doing a good job at supplying it. And she went from <laughs> bunnies to old people to give him his blood. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, a mother will do anything for her child. I think this is totally a vampire movie, H.A. I don't know what you're talking about. I think we are witnessing, even in these trailers, we are witnessing part of the uh, vampire rise, as it were. As I said, they always come around again. I mean, but it's also witches are also having the same moment. I feel like it's witches and vampires are totally having a thing. So, you know, the pendulum will swing the other way and zombies will have a comeback in like six months to a year or something like that. Yeah. Calling it here. That's my All projection. right. Well, it's it's always has, you know, there's always that moment and always that time. And I think we're definitely seeing it. And we will talk about this, like as we get down into the one of the trailers that we were talking about earlier um, or you, before we started recording. Um, but anyway, I think it, there's definitely evidence that that vamps are back. Um, yeah. So and then um did you want to talk about this next one since it's your uh, gamer oh, thing? Yeah, me me talking about games. That's what everybody wants to hear. Uh, there's a trailer that dropped last week called Into the Dead, Our Darkest Days. I guess it's con- a continuation of a mobile game franchise that I had honestly never heard of or played. Uh, the trailer looks pretty cool, but it is not at all representative of the gameplay. This is going to be a side scroller. But um, I do think atmospherically it still has it's pretty interesting looking if you watch the gameplay this trailer is pretty atmospheric and disturbing just in and of itself Mm. Um, it looks really good though yeah it's just that that's not the game and this is this is a big frustration this is a huge frustration with video game trailers is Mm -hmm. people showing you and another example of this is the new the day before trailer which people are saying and we've talked about that that game before it's like an open world mmo uh which people are saying is actually like fake or it's not showing actual gameplay it purports to but it doesn't that game's coming out in march i think we're gonna really have to wait and see if it's going to um to do what it says it's doing but uh yeah the day before uh, aside into the dead our darkest days check out the trailer it's on youtube um it's it's worth a look at just be aware that the um like the cinematic version uh, version of this trailer it's a side scroller it's two-dimensional mostly i think there might be some 3d elements but that's the game is not what the trailer looks like right um and next up is what i was alluding to earlier there is a trailer for renfield which is out in april of this year and starring uh nicholas hult and nick cage of all people nick cage and... looking a lot like bella lugosi somehow or yeah or yeah chris he's, chris he's... uh christopher lee i don't know he's like channeling some different he's looking people. a little christopher lee to me yeah um and maybe a little bit of bella lugosi but more christopher lee um but this looked like a really fun honestly kind of a fun trailer at this point and i know you have not forgiven him for warm bodies but he seemed to be pretty doing doing all right in this. He's doing he was playing the notes. He was doing the walk in the line. Um, also starring in this film, which I was very excited to see, was Aquafina. Yep, always happy to see her. Uh, yeah, and you know what? He he did earn a lot of points for Mad Max. Um, uh, this guy Nicholas Holt. He's yep. British. Is he English? I thought he was American. Yeah, he's British, and he's also in. Um, I mean, I remember. I think the first thing I ever saw him in was about a boy. Um, oh, was he the boy in about a boy? Yeah. How about that? And then he was also in X Men, right? He played. Uh, yes, blue guy. Yeah. Beast. Beast. Or... Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, I think this looks fun, and you know, vampires, but yeah. also under the uh, with the backdrop of the support group, very funny. A lot of a lot of good jokes. Hopefully, that's not all of them. Um, yeah, but... and this is this was also part of a an effort for universal pictures they this is like going back quite a few years i think um but they had said that they wanted to reboot sort of like classic monster films so like and and properties specifically um dracula and the mummy and all that kind of thing so i think that this is supposed to be part of that um though i mean they announced that i want to say like way back in um probably like 
2013 or 2014. I don't, so, I don't remember hearing about this. So they're talking about like monster from the dark black lagoon kind of stuff. Yeah, or? those kinds of things. And I mean, they have, I mean, they probably, they probably have the IP for those things so they can use those characters. Um, so, you know, and I also think, you know, there's, there is a, I don't want to say slapstick element to this, but a dark humor to this, um, that feels very like, uh, I don't know. There, there, there's definitely. I, w- I want to even say like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original movie, kind of a feeling. Hmm. Kind of atmosphere. So we'll have to see. I mean, I don't think you can take Nick Cage seriously as he's, you know, <laughs> as he's hovering over this group. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Um, I mean, if it depends which Nick Cage shows up, right? Yeah. Um. So anyway. Um. I think it's going to be uh, I'm I'm going to look forward to seeing it. Hopefully we're not. Hopefully they aren't cherry picking this this film with the, you know, the, for the trailer, but uh, for, with the best parts. But yeah, definitely I'm going to check it out. Well, they you know, they only showed a few different scenes, so that doesn't that suggests that they are keeping some of the good stuff. But, yeah. it, you know, it depends. We'll see. Uh, Renfield, check it out. Trailers on YouTube. Speaking yeah. of things that you're excited to see, H.A., are you excited to see Evil Dead Rise? No, I am not. I, you know, I, I kind of like with the series that just came out and you and I watched a little bit of it and it just, I don't know. I just like this trailer was so disgusting <laughs> and I just, um, I don't know that I can do it. Um, and it's got, you know, how I have, I feel about the exorcist and it's got a lot of those elements in it. Um, and you know, let let me just say there's some spine cracking and weirdness going on here that I just can't, you know, and, and you know, the scalp removal, walking, uh, scalp removal, all that kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know that I need to see this. Although if we're, if I'm being honest, I probably will. Um, a friend of mine is really into these kinds of movies. So I may, I may see it with her. Um, I also want to point out um, the Renfield movie is only being released in theaters for now. So they're being very specific about that. Although I don't know, that's, have you? I feel I've like noticed, that's becoming more common, isn't it? I mean, but it'll... I've been noticing with a lot of these, it's like they say that, but then they're actually released to streaming pretty quickly. It, um, I think that that has gotten shorter. It went from like six yeah. to eight months to like three to four, but it's you know, uh, yeah. I think they, they they know that people still aren't going to the movies, so they can still right. get twenty five bucks a rental from Amazon for a, a month or two. Right. You know, but I'm still going to I'm going to I'll probably st- see Renfield in the theater and then maybe Evil Dead. But I don't know. What did you think about this trailer? It's terrifying. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a kind of horror that I've I, I, I don't subscribe to entirely. Uh, no, it's it's going for the gross out and the jump scare. And, um, you know, those those are fun and great in their own way. But this didn't have any sense of light or um, delight in it. Not that all horror needs to. That's kind of weird to even say. But I, I I'm not always signed up for something that's just gonna like bludgeon me with, with dark stuff all the time. So that's all. I, I just want to see a little more nuance. I think. Um, right. One other thing that we have a couple other things on this list. Um, Eric Kane from Forbes had written up a, <laughs> a a summary of like the worst TV on in 2022. This guy uh, is not an ideal uh, critic. He, I think he he comes across very negative. Um, and part of criticism is liking stuff. You know, you got you yep. have to like stuff. He his list of the worst eight shows. I think it was eight shows of 2022. Um, has uh, the Walking Dead Prime final season? He's like, this was a garbage, you know, season. It was terrible. Commonwealth was boring. We were not, you know, like all thumbs up on that entire season, but I think we liked it overall. And then yeah. Fear the Walking Dead, he has as the worst, like number one, yeah. the worst, the worst show. So I'm glad that we skipped the latest uh, episodes. Well- and he specifically mentions the the things that we found very frustrating before we stopped reviewing it. Just about um, the whole uh, the, the what do you do after you like set off yeah. like a, yeah. <laughs> an atomic bomb? So you've um, nuked your whole show. Where do right. you go from here? Like where do you, you go from there? And there's like pla- the places that are miraculously unscathed. Like how does that work out? And so anyway. Um, there were some things on here that I definitely agreed with. And, you know, I, 
Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to all the things he was saying about the the Walking Dead, the original series, but part of that is because I think, you know, I think that they had to set things up and they were their hands were tied in a certain way or or not tied, but like the challenges that they dealt with just due to COVID and all those other things and the shooting schedules, they were they were having to deal with some things to, to be able to wrap that show and to deal with that. And so I'm not necessarily um, and I do think that they they left it in a pretty good way. And there were things I wish they had done, obviously, but they are re- like basically making this into the the spinoff series so there's there's not necessarily an end so to speak i don't know so i wasn't as down on the last season as as he was but yeah I like do i said get the guy the guy is down on a lot of stuff yeah, yeah also yeah. included on this list boba uh, the book of boba fett obi-wan kenobi she hulk yeah. the rings of power which are blood oranges blood or, or not blood oranges but blood origins blood oranges yes. <laughs> the witcher blood oranges and willow um, and so some of those shows I've only seen one episode of, and I did not like race back. Maybe that <laughs> suggests that I didn't think they were so good either. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, yeah, were, yeah, were Boba Fett and Obi Wan as good as Andor? No, but were they still fun to watch? Hell yeah! Did I watch every single episode and, and eat them up? Yes, I did. But yeah. maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. I you know I started to watch Boba Fett, and I kind of see what he's talking about because I just couldn't get into it. I it was a show past- about like a 50 year old uh, hero. And I, I, it's like, no, yeah, it he's slowing down a little bothered. bit. It wasn't that that bothered me. I just didn't think that anyway, it, it just, I didn't find it compelling enough. And, and certainly um, I don't know. There's only so many sort of silent ish character lead characters you can have, you know what I mean? <laughs> Mm. So I kind of feel like you you spent that money on a uh, Mandalorian for that reason. I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, do you want to talk about what our next what our review is? Oh, wait, well, you we have we have yeah. one more uh, article that we look at we this. Look at all this news. We're just not used to it. There's Go a ahead. ton. There's a ton. So we have talked in the past about how uh, Zom 100 colon bucket list of the dead in theory a live action uh, version is coming to Netflix this year. Uh, talked about a lot. Well, not a lot, but certainly mentioned last year as being in development. And so the news this past week was that the original anime is going to be streamed on Hulu starting soon. I don't remember reading when that's coming, but um, that's just kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if you in July. So it's coming not until the summer. But so we'll have we'll be able to see the original uh, content, you know, uh, next to the live version and on two different streaming platforms, which is always weird. It but, is a little um, weird, but I think it's cool that we'll get to see it. So that's yeah. kind of awesome. So that's something to look forward to this summer if you have the Hulus. And yeah. otherwise, yeah, uh, that that was kind of it. There might be other news. I just got like newsed out. I was like, I cannot. There's so much news. What are we going to do? Well, if we miss stuff, we will we will catch up with it the next time. So, yeah. Um, but now, I guess, without further ado, now we're ready. Now we're ready. You know what I want to know? What? I want to know how they made this movie. Yeah, me too. That so that was one thing I really wanted to talk about with you. Um, so we can we can and I didn't find a ton of information about it. Did you? No, like I think because it was made in Cuba. <laughs> Right, Spanish Cuban collaboration, but yeah. they really trash talk Cuba a lot in this movie. They also like, trash talk Spain, and a they trash bit talk too. Spanish tourists a fair amount too. So they're yeah. definitely poking fun. But I don't feel like Cuba or a socialist government is really down with getting fun fun poked at it. Right. So I was a ways. little shocked at actually how free they were with this. But let's let's talk about what we're talking about first of yeah. all. Um, we're talking about Juan of the Dead, which is a film that was made in 2010. Um, and this is a rarity. And, and we we'd been meaning to talk about this film for quite a bit. Uh, so I'm glad we got we had a chance to to watch it. Yeah. Um, so this is really a satirical, um, dark humor zombie film made in Cuba. But there was a lot of commentary about just the the cuban political life and um i just there is just like i don't know i couldn't even find out how much it it was to make this no so 
No, but it was supported by, uh, wasn't it supported by a Cuban, like, art, artistic, whatever? Like, it's... it's. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely, um, definitely, <laughs> like, supported. And there was, like, but but it's almost like they don't want people to know how it was made, which is, I guess, makes sense. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it might be harder to to report those kinds of things in a country. It that... didn't. I mean, I do have the box office. It didn't do so well. I mean, it's you know, but it still has a little bit of a culty following. So, at least when it was released, um, opening weekend in twenty twelve was twelve thousand dollars, which is not very much. Uh, and then the gross was like eighteen thousand, but I suspect it didn't have a very wide release. But worldwide, around $325,000. So, um, but that's not taking into account all the streaming and everything that happens after. And I think, especially for this kind of film, that's more, um, that is more like valid in terms of seeing how it goes. Cause this is exactly the kind of film that ends up on like, you know, like um, some of the little like horror streaming stuff, like yeah. fear and other stuff. So, it uh, it was shown at the Toronto Film International Film Festival. I don't think it won any awards there, but it has an eighty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, or it did in twenty twenty. I haven't looked today. Do you, have you happened to look at Rotten Tomatoes? I no, doubt I that didn't. new reviews have come in since twenty twenty, but maybe. Um, so it's that's that's pretty well received when you consider good projects that we've seen that have done way worse because of fan hatred. Um, this is an international production, as we mentioned. It's got it's got Spanish and Cuban elements. Um, probably maybe some Spanish money went into it. Definitely a couple of Spanish actors. Uh, mostly, I think that it's Cuban actors, though. Uh, yeah, and it's almost entirely in Spanish, as you might imagine, uh, with subtitles. If you rent, I rented it on Google Play. I don't know how you saw it. I rented it on Apple TV. There we go, um, and and, and this, the 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 subtitles were baked in for you, right? Yeah, it, which is annoying, but what are you going to do? Um, and then I will say that the director, Alejandro, uh, is it Bugayas? Um, yeah, I don't know. basically said that his favorite movie growing up was Evil Dead, so that's sort of kind of funny given the Rise of Evil Dead trailer that just came out. Um, and so, you know, he very specifically said he was trying to give sort of an everyday or at least have it be in line with sort of the everyday life of Cubans, which I think he really tried to do. Um, and, you know, the there is something very specific about this, which is, you know, they're kind of used to getting um, information just around the sort of the, the general news and being skeptical of it or just kind of taking it in and, and moving along as if nothing has happened. And there's a lot of lines in this film that are that are specifically addressing that, um, which are also somewhat comedic and things like that. There's a um, lot of comedy or attempts at comedy in this film, basically the entire film. Right. There's only a few moments of like seriousness. Um, so like death is just a punchline like death of of humans is a punchline and i guess it wasn't Shaun of the dead often or more somewhat too but it's i feel like it's very blasé in this film right and one of the i don't know if you saw the q a that he gave uh i think this was probably before the toronto film festival or part of it but basically said that if you're cuban you get a lot more of it but he was trying to not let the commentary get in the way of the comedy basically and so you're going to get more of it if you know the situation there or you have some idea of it but you also can get a bit of it if you're not if you're not a you know part of this so yeah i definitely got um, that sense that i was missing a fair amount of context um right. even his little speech that he gives twice once at the beginning and once at the end um I did not bother to uh, look up what the special period is, but he talks about it like it was a time of um, people eating cats. He talks about that on the raft. And then again, at the end, he's like, I survived Marielle. I assume that's his ex-wife. The special period was an extended period of economic crisis in Cuba that began in 91 yeah. because of the dissolution of the Soviet Union. That makes so much sense. I just didn't know what that name meant. But so it was a really tough time of like, 10 years or so in Cuba when they lost a lot of their economic support from the USSR. 
so he says, I survived Mariel, I survived Angola, uh, I survived the special period and the thing that came after, which I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Yeah. But uh, that feels like a, a very Cuban sort of. Yeah, like he's, he's, yeah, we don't know what that means. But, um, you know, he's, I don't know, there, there's definitely, and they, and they talk about those things a few times too. So it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. Um, and then in terms of just making the film, I think a lot of people expected there to be more difficulties, whatever. But he actually said that it was a pretty seamless um, other than the technical things, trying to figure out how to get, you know, all the, the I think the typical things you would find find in any movie. But, um, you know, getting the makeup done, doing the effects, doing like the 300 zombies walking out um, into sort of the main square and things like that. But overall, he felt like it was a pretty um not seamless but easy experience and <laughs> also says that he hopes that there's going to be uh, many more films coming out of Cuba in the future and he actually threw out a budget in this um in this interview which i it just can't, it has to be a lot more than this but he said his intention was to make this for around $30,000 when US. you just consider the number of extras it's that just, they had Right. Like that's insane. And so I think it had to be a lot more than that. Um, And it had to be bankrolled by somebody, but we're obviously not getting that information. I mean, even just our ensemble is like what, eight, six or eight people. Then you consider all the people that they speak to who have speaking roles. I mean, and there's, a this, lot. There's, there's, there's a lot, there's like dozens more. And then on just add to that, all the people who were on camera, either in zombie makeup or not, mm-hmm. there are hundreds of maybe thousand there are so many people on this uh, in this film and then all the uh there's a lot of special effects too i mean it's it's not like high quality cg but in fact it's you know you can tell you can see that it is but it it still is a value add i would say to then rather than trying to do it all through practical effects yeah no do you disagree no 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 i think that's right and i don't know i as as you know, I'm a huge fan of people bootstrapping these kinds of films and, you know, figuring out how to make it. Um, I do like to know. I mean, I'm just a gen- generally curious about all of this because I think uh, movie making is an interesting thing and especially now. So I just wanted to know all the details and I don't think we're going to get that. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I was very curious as I watched this and, and as, you know, as the Vladdy California would say something else like completely what I would consider to be like blasphemy in Cuba yeah. or when the, oh. the bus drives into the uh, revolution o muerte sign like mm-hmm. just, and explodes. You're just like, okay, uh, I guess it's muerte <laughs> that they're going with. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, I, yeah, there was so much, so many things that I did not, um, I was really curious about how they got this made, but you know, got past the state censors. Yeah. Yeah. Because I felt like somebody had to be um, monitoring this. And if he wasn't having that much, that many issues, he obviously had to be doing this in um, secret. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or it with permission of somebody. Right. So I don't know, but in any case, um, I thought that the cast was really great. Um, And there, especially like, even the beginning scene and sort of the the way that the characters take things in, it did feel a lot like very Shaun of the Dead in terms of, I don't want to say nonchalant, but just they take things in stride because they're used to dealing with adversity all the time. Right. So yeah, you know, that's more... not at all like Shaun of the Dead, right? In yeah. that respect, it was more like things have always been kind of tough. And this is yeah. just one step tougher. Like constantly yeah. they're looking out uh, through his like telescope or looking over the edge of the rooftop and they're just going like, yeah. looks like the same as it was before. And it's yep. like zombies in the streets, yep. um, which I think, you know, they're obviously there's a commentary not only about like life is tough in Cuba, but also like just a bunch of stupid tourists wandering around now. But now they're zombies, you know, kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And figuring yeah. out how to make that work for them, you know. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Um yeah, so uh, we've got the there's like the moral uh, the moral story about Juan himself mm-hmm. um, is is in- interesting against all this backdrop too. Like he's a it's kind of a career criminal, or I don't know like what the equivalent of this is. He's just like been doing nothing, 
but also like running running scams i guess and hustling and apparently he's a crazy womanizer yeah i don't know uh, what he gets out of that in terms of but other than just his lifestyle uh and, yeah, and his little buddy lazaro mm-hmm. who, uh, who should also... never hold a harpoon gun yeah and both of them <laughs> have very complicated relationships with their kids uh lazaro's kid california or whatever they want to call him um you know basically has has this potential but he's kind of following in his father's footsteps and interestingly juan who who does not have these uh aspirations and just is kind of like okay it's fine for me to get what i need and i will always get what i need from this island and i'm gonna sort of beg borrow and steal to do what i need to do but he also has a complicated relationship with his own daughter. So it's really funny that he gives advice to Lazaro, despite his own complicated relationship with his daughter. And interestingly, she doesn't, I mean, she doesn't call him dad. She calls him Juan. And he, we, he's like trying to have a relationship with her, but it's interesting because it's not like, he's not promising her anything different than he is, right? Like, he's just saying, this is kind of who I am, accept me for who I am, and I want to have a relationship with you. But he's not promising to change, really. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting that there's no sort of... it's more just that he she should just accept him as as the sort of complicated character he is. And actually, I kind of like that about this. I think um, there's a fair amount of context there, too, because she has just moved back from Spain. Right. This is right. uh, Camila is played by a Spanish actor. She's one mm-hmm. of the few people who, with a Wikipedia page, actually. What, yeah. I forget where she um, her, her name is Andrea Duro Flores, mm-hmm. um, and she's been in a bunch of stuff, mostly in Spain. Um, and she speaks with a Spanish accent. She like has the lisp and stuff. So yep. she not only is are they estranged, she speaks completely differently from him. Yep. Like yep. Uh, and it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Like the 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 contrast there. Yeah, and then her uh, mother is somewhere in Miami. Um, so there's also they're just uh, always trying to. She's she and her mother have been trying to get out of Cuba. And right. he's always like, no, this is fine. I like it here. I can, you know, I can survive here. If I go to Miami, this conversation he has really early on with Lazaro, his mm-hmm. friend, he's like, if I go to Miami, I have to work there. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was it's just such like an alien sort of thing to say, but it makes a lot of sense, I suppose, in, in the context of. But what's kind of funny, though, is that he does work in Cuba, even though he he's saying that he doesn't. He does, even though it's like these kind of weird, shady things. Um, I also like the little group of people that he has as his gang. Like they're kind of an, an odd little assortment of people. Very, um, yeah, mixed bag. Yeah. Um, um, and I didn't learn Primo's name until basically like right before he died. But uh, yeah, so you got Primo, China, Lazaro, California and Juan and then sort of Camila is she's not really part of the gang until later uh, later until she, later yeah but it's a it's an interesting uh, and I guess you know they're all crooks like and they they operate out of the neighborhood I'm I forget what they were about to they went to this like community meeting yeah uh, before the zombie outbreak really begins in earnest and they were like and you know they were getting mad at Chino because she'd they, uh, she'd been they I'm not sure because they talked they talk about him as a as a guy later yeah, uh, they've been taking radios out of cars in the neighborhood, and so Juan's kind of reading reading them the riot act. Riot act, yep. Um, which is really funny because it's like they have scruples, but they're very specific scruples, right? So, um, you know, it's like, oh, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't mess with our own neighborhood because you know, it's it's. You don't want to draw too much attention or whatever. And then they're actually happy about the distraction of the zombies because he's like, now people won't concentrate on the radio. So there's a very funny yeah. way that they process this news. Um, and then there's also the the sort of explanation that the government gives and that everybody gives in a ton in cheek commentary about the fact that these are dissidents or whatever. Oh, it's all um, blamed on the U.S., which I, yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, but I love blamed. that they're calling zombies dissidents the entire film. Like that is terrific. Like even yeah. Lazaro is like, oh, your hot brunette friend is a dissident now. <laughs> which I thought yeah. it's just it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then they, you know, they are capitalizing upon this this 
chaos and you know as this little gang kind of figures out what they're going to do not only are they providing it's almost like uh they become the zombie ghostbusters in the yeah. in the meantime but this <laughs> is like they, part of this uh immoral stuff that camila really you know doesn't respect about one is that he's gonna try and make a buck from the zombie right, apocalypse right. and they're all like california is robbing tourists uh tourist zombies of their cameras uh, right. after you know after the the outbreak is full well and you know underway um which yeah so they're always just trying to grift and that's kind of their only mode and then yeah most of the film i guess the major chunk of the film is when they've set up this little organization the uh one of the dead uh we will kill your beloveds how can we help you there's their right. slogan something along those lines right and then they have like a lot of running commentary about how things haven't really changed um and they even have like a couple lines somebody's sort of like oh you know doesn't look any different to me and even when you see the the bigger like the crowd running zombie like scene you can't always like the zombies look very similar to everybody in the crowd so there's like a lot of commentary on that mm -hmm. um and that's the running joke and they make this comment many many times um and so it's a really interesting um i don't know uh, like a really interesting commentary or theme throughout the film that I think, again, I'm very curious how they got this made, but um, I don't know. The the harpoon gun gets used a lot in this film. A lot. Uh, only never on purpose, I think. Actually, yeah. I, no, they do shoot Yi, uh, Rogelio on purpose, but it goes through him and into Yi Yi, yeah. which, which uh, it was not and an intended use but i think three people four people well three people and a zombie are all killed or stabbed yeah. with it two zombies i guess um yeah. they they are not there's no zombies in this universe so they're not sure what rogelio is he's kind of the first zombie they run into um, mm -hmm. and they try staking him uh they try feeding him garlic they try exercising him which is funny too because socialist cuba do they have prayer i mean none of them know how to pray right. none of them know how to drive later too right. um uh but then one ends up just bludgeoning him with the crucifix which is right. also good it was good and also i mean this is the other thing is this particular scene they use a lot of really interesting not mechanisms but like you know at first when Juan goes to help yi yi um with her husband, you know, there's all this commentary about how he got bad pills from the clinic and all this. And, you know, he is very, um, not skeptical, but he, he sort of whispers something incendiary into his ear that he wished he, he's been waiting for him to die all his life or something like that. And then of course he's, he's back as a zombie. Um, but he's supposed to be disabled. So he even says that and he, and he manages to stand up. So I feel like the pacing of this scene is especially good, um, because they're kind of setting up the, the whole, you know, universe in this way and what, what works and what doesn't. And they do it in a humorous way. So the garlic thing is really, they just shove like the garlic in his mouth and whatever. And it's just kind of going through the rotation of different things to try to take care of him. So I thought that that was pretty good. Yeah. I when he called, when he has Yee call his apartment mm -hmm. for help and she just kind of like gets into a conversation with Lazaro about like, Oh, I saw your son the other day. He looks so good. Um, You know, these sorts of things. Like it, there's a consistency to this like nonchalance about the, the, th the situations that they're in. And even, you know, like Yi Yi is this woman that he apparently likes. He's he's respectful to her. He apparently has been harboring ill will toward her husband for being like not very useful. Or I don't know what that what that line meant that you just ref, uh, referred to. But after she is killed by them, um, they don't he's not like sad about it. He doesn't like reflect on that. I mean, the movie doesn't really have room for that in a way. But no, no, there's, they there's a real there's a real like cold, not cold hearted it's just like an indifference uh, and, and it kind of runs the entire movie. Like whenever they lose a member of their team, I feel like Primo is the only one that they, they actually show distress about, you know? Right. I mean, even like uh, Gina who has been in their game for so long, there's really nothing. And in fact, 
not only do they kill Gina, or like not kill, but I guess kind of, but they kill the reanimated Gina or they drop the reanimated Gina, but then they come across um, Gina again later and kill him again. And so it's like, and uh, in fact, uh, when you know Juan is going after zombie Gina, he hits them with the oar like and spits on them a bunch of times. And he's like, "Hey, what? They were pain in the they were pain in the ass." And everybody's right. like, "Yeah, and okay." It's kind of like, uh, you know. Anyway, so there's all of that, and then eventually they do have some kind of a um father daughter reconciliation, but there's an ongoing tension between California and uh juan because juan does not want him after his daughter and you know there it's interesting just how this eventually like their whole idea is to you know they're they at some point decide that they have to figure out how to get off the island um but ultimately juan is not able to do this and so you got all the way to the end huh well i'm just saying like as a theme and uh and uh um like an ongoing theme of this is Juan's sort of, you know, no matter how bad things are, he's really looking to stay, but he can't sort of bring himself to leave. And this is like, he basically, despite the fact that his relationship with his daughter evolves, he's still the same as he was in the beginning. Right. That's the thing. Why, why does she forgive him? Like, does she see something redeemable or redeemed in him? He has not, other than the fact that he does kind of help people out, he helps Yi Yi in the beginning. He helps that little boy who told him that his dad was better than him at the at the end. Yeah. Um, he is sort of helpful to the people on his team. He really just orders them around. He's like, you're right. He doesn't really have much of an arc. He's kind of always been mostly uh, very opportunistic, kind of indifferent to the death of the humans around him like when they lose clients which happens constantly in the main part of the movie they're they're just like oh now where's the money like now somebody go find the money they're not that pissed off i guess china uh, says something like oh sh- she was so nice when they kill the lady with the mm-hmm. rental with the rented rooms um but yeah it's it's kind of weird like i don't think juan actually has much of an arc he you get to know him better over the course of the film, but it's just in like the fact that he is still kind of the same guy, like you're saying. Yeah. But I think that the underlying sort of the thing that roots him um, in place is that he, despite some of the things um, that he says and things that he complains about, he actually really loves Cuba a lot, like so much that he just can't bring himself to leave. And this is the theme where maybe that's why they get away with some of the things that they do in this film is because Mm -hmm. overall his character, no matter what, is still saying that this is a paradise to live in no matter what. Even if he is like the last living human there. And he just can't bring himself to leave because he loves it so very much. And so I thought that that was kind of interesting um, just to have that kind of overarching idea throughout the film. Um you know and and i mean they even let them film in like revolution square so like i like so anyway so i just found that to be very very interesting and like so he also he does care about a couple people he saves that boy maybe that's the thing that brings his daughter over in the end but he also you know tells his friends to save that this old man in a wheelchair and they basically kill the old man to carry their rum and so you know, there's also, you know, counterintuitive things that he does um, throughout the film. Well, he doesn't he doesn't do any. It's Lazaro and maybe it California is, is, but, who does the worst doesn't... stuff. Like Lazaro murders this guy, Nenny. Nen- he already beat up Nenny once because Nenny apparently owes him money. I mean, Juan he, did point him out to him. And it was like, hey, doesn't, isn't that doesn't that guy owe you money? But Laz- yeah, Lazaro, Nenny is alive. They are some of the last living people in Havana as far as we can tell. And when Lazaro sees him, he chases him down and kills him with a machete for like, and and then he's just like, yeah, what? He owed me money. I don't know. It's, it's kind of insane. Yep. Uh, but yes, oh. they do kill a lot of people, but usually by accident, except for that guy in the wheelchair. That was also kind of insane. 
Um, he's also <laughs> trying to kill a teacher with a motorcycle helmet on just before that scene with Nenny. Uh, yeah. I think because he couldn't tell if he was a zombie or not. He he he's constantly accidentally hurting humans or killing humans. Um, Camilla at one point is looking out over the roof and saying, "I think they're all zombies now. That's it." And so Lazaro's like, "Well, I'm gonna hit that one with a rock," and he throws a rock uh, and it hits a person who's like, "Ow!" And then zombies are on the person. <laughs> like it was like th this was part of that like indifference and humor to the film. If you can put aside. The fact that they're making jokes about killing people. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the dance scene? Um, with Gina. Yeah. I thought it was, you know, silly but fun. It that and was very Shaun of the Dead to me, right? That like, was very Shaun of the Dead, and I mean, um, I, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was fun and in line with sort of the theme. And again. I think that they, you know, one of the things the director talked about was trying to get the tone right and sort of balance out the seriousness with the dark humor, with the gore, with the, you know, the commentary. And I think this was one of those things that kind of broke up some of the more serious pieces, right? So, I mean, the big serious thing that has happened here is that Gina has died and they make this into like probably like a very like slapsticky kind of a scene. That's, I think, a good indication indicator of some of the things that they tried to do to balance those things out the horror of the fact that Gina, this person that he's now known for like so many years and you know instead you're gonna have this very silly death dance on the roof um it's actually a little adams family-esque too if you think about it uh just looking at the humor and the the darkness here um so yeah. i don't know that, uh, um, what did I, you think I, of the effects no. The effects, yeah, were mostly mostly fine. Like I said, you could kind of see that they were effects. Obviously, um, like when Chino is falling off the roof, uh, you know, they're just kind of like doggy paddling in the air and getting smaller on the screen. Yeah, uh, it's not like they were actually, you know, it wasn't as bad as uh, Christian Serrato's falling off that drain pipe in the last episode of Walking yeah. Dead and falling onto a black deflatable yeah. bag that you could see <laughs> so i guess you know sometimes cg is better than practical effects True. if if it's a certain kind of film um, right i did think that it had a romero flavor to it and how they did this um with the effects well not the effects but the the zombie makeup and how they tried to like you know there was definitely places where they tried to use more and then you could see some of the some of the holes poking through in different places. Um, so I think that there's at least they were trying to go for that. I, I kind of felt like the CGI that they did use, especially with like the, there was the helicopter uh, part. <laughs> that was like, hilarious. That was really funny. It's a helicopter. Um, They're coming to save us. <laughs> right. And, and then the whole building, you know, kind of coming down, they use them and they are campy and silly, but I thought that they were kind of funny and not, I, I think that they did. They struck the right balance. Like you don't yeah. take them too seriously, but they do serve a purpose. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, but overall, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, better than a lot of like I, I desperately I know I desperately want to know how much it took to make this film um, and the negotiations that took place. But I guess that's going to have to remain uh, shrouded in mystery. But um, overall, I really had a fun time with this. And and then at the end, you know, I have to say they did the whole animation instead, uh, just sort of like the outgoing credits or the mm -hmm. I don't know what you want to call it, sort of the epilogue, I guess. Yeah, those um, were really good. And I really liked the animation at the end where, you know, Juan is kind of becoming this little zombie killing superhero. And so I don't know, I, I would love to see another thing from this director. Um Maybe he gets to make more stuff. I hope so. Um, but this was, to me, it was thoroughly enjoyable. And I wish, I honestly wish it had, maybe it is getting more of a platform in the streaming uh, services, but I, I feel like it should probably should have gotten a little bit more play. Um, but maybe we were just out of the loop on this one. Maybe it did more than we thought. But that box office is not great. So. Yeah. Um, he, this guy has done eight films uh, with one coming out called The Inheritance. 
Um, he's actually are Argentinian. They all, are they all filmed in Cuba? Do you know? He's Argentinian, so I don't know that they would be. He also did he did a director stint on From Dusk Till Dawn, the series. Oh, well, that so I wonder sense. if he hooked up with uh, Robert Rodriguez. Hmm. He's done. He's done almost all horror. It looks like too. Well, anyway, I I enjoyed this. I'd like to see more from him. I thought this was a lot of fun. Um. So what what any other thoughts on this? No, I I just. Uh, you know, like I would like to rewatch this and catalog all of the political statements that they're making. Um, and you know, it's like there's a really funny one at the toward the end of the movie when there's a government PSA that goes out that's like, "We have successfully beaten back the Americans. Yeah, and it's it still, is safe like, to go they're... back about your business. Uh, everything is fine." <laughs> and then you look, they like you the pan the camera pans across the the city that's just completely on fire. Uh, so like it was just nonstop. If it wasn't like you know Juan and Lazaro and and their antics, it was this backdrop of kind of you know hilarious Cuba, I guess. Uh, it was a fun movie to watch. I I I absolutely enjoyed it, and I would uh, yeah, I would definitely see another thing like this. You know, we're not one hundred percent sure what we're gonna do next. It might be a couple weeks break before Last of Us. Um, hopefully with special guests, uh, podcast um, host guests who, who never knows how to sign off. Or maybe we'll have a look at uh, Mayfair Witch's first episode since we were so enamored with the interview with the vampire. Maybe <laughs> we should lower our expectations, but have a look at uh, how that show is coming together. So um, either way, hopefully you can join us for those. And uh, yeah. if you want to let us know what you thought of Wanda the Dead or any of this news that's dropped this week. Uh, give us a holler. We are on uh, email. We are on email at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes at reanimated.podbean.com. Indeed. So until next time, ciao. All righty. Thanks for listening. And uh, viva la Victoria siempre. No, hasta la Victoria siempre. And viva, viva Cuba or something like that. Anyway, thanks for listening and bye-bye.